Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider weekly podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews, coming to you from a rafting trip along the Amazon River that will definitely not go wrong in any way, shape, or form. I'll be your co-host, Sean Paul Ellis, and joining me today, after surprise, surprise, my Amazon River rafting trip went really poorly. Thankfully, I've been able to befriend him because he's a Neanderthal from a neighboring clan. It's my co-host, Dave Trumbor. David, 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 how you doing, buddy? Doing good, bud. Thanks for stopping on by and paying us a visit down here in Neanderthal land. It's weird <laughs> that we speak the same language as having never met before and eons of time between us. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to ask any questions because you know why? If it wasn't for you and your entire Neanderthal clan, I would be isolated and alone. Look, <laughs> and we are happy to help our fellow, well, I guess not fellow, our cousins, the Homo sapiens, who will never do us wrong and run us to extinction. So we do appreciate that. Oh, don't worry. Trust me. We've got a great track record in the future of not doing anything bad to people who are indigenous to an area. That's good to know. Looking <sighs> forward to it. Just feel like we are starting this episode with just an apology note. To Isn't a lot that of every people. episode by this point now? Anytime we talk about a show that's older than like a year, it comes prepackaged with an apology for everything that the, that the shows have done wrong in the past. Oh my god! I, yeah, yeah. Well, this I you know this is uh, we're not as big of an offender with this one. No, I don't not, think so. This not, was not pretty the worst. legit. Yeah, this is not bad. A couple things this here and there, minor quips. Yeah, <laughs> just some minor little 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 things that are there, because uh, you know some things definitely could have gone wrong based on the time that this was released. Hundred percent. In yeah, we're talking about 1974. We're going all the way back, way way back to 1974. In the prehistory era <laughs> of 1974. Dave and I, that's our Jurassic period. It is. <laughs> so we're just uh, we're going all the way back to that period because today we're gonna thankfully talk about Valley of the Dinosaurs. Man, what, a, what an interesting show. Just to let you guys know, it's titled is just Valley of the Dinosaurs, not Valley of the Dinosaurs, man. <laughs> just, just to let you know. That would have been a great title, though. I would have loved that, yeah. too. Whoa, no, it's I like sh- Valley of the Dinosaurs, man. Whoa. Yeah, I got to start putting commas in just how I talk <laughs> in everyday life. That's that also good for me be. to edit and, and not like put extra space in between that part or none at all. Yeah, do it, and they don't give anybody any context. Nope. It just make me seem like a complete fool. Valley of the Dinosaur Man. <laughs> now I want that. I want yeah, some yeah. type of like dinosaurs, anthropomorphic well, dinosaur that, man. Like we've talked about a ton of dinosaur shows on here, and this one escaped our radar for a while. So yeah. I don't know. Is this part of our dinosaur suite? Uh, it definitely is. Cool. It's our dinosaur symphony. I will almost contend and say that we have not watched enough dinosaur cartoons. More dinosaur cartoons in 2020. Are there more? Yep, and that's a Sean Paul Ellis guarantee. If you want to vote for more dinosaur cartoons, Saturday Morning Cartoons 2020, that's a vote for Sean Paul Ellis. Please, please, please. Don't don't write me in as a write-in. Remember, your primaries are coming up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Valley of the Dinosaurs to get into this, we're going to turn this over to longtime friend of the show and our buddy Bobby Anthem to break it down for a synopsis of Valley of the Dinosaurs. Bobby, take it away. Deep in the heart of the Amazon, the Butler family was exploring an uncharted river canyon. Suddenly caught up in a violent whirlpool, they were propelled through a cavern and flung into a hostile world of giant prehistoric creatures, a world that time forgot. 
Now befriended by a family of cave dwellers, each day is an adventure and survival for the butlers in The Valley of the Dinosaurs. Perfect. As always, Bobby, thank you so much, man. Uh, we really do appreciate it. I'll say this because they don't have it on this show. I want Bobby as a cool talking dinosaur that rides a skateboard. Maybe we name him Denver. I don't know. So you want a crossover already? 100%. We're already at the crossover. <laughs> There's already a point where just a Cadillac drives through with a Bobby Denver the dinosaur in it. And that's the level of show that I want from Valley of the Dinosaurs. I wouldn't be opposed to like an all dinosaur cartoon crossover at some point. Ooh. Everything that ever existed. This show, Dino Riders, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, Dino Saucers, Denver the Last Dinosaur, Dino... Is there a Dino Bots? Something. I, dino sure, Trucks. Probably. There's Dino, dino Trucks. trucks. Yeah. Everything. I want them all together in a hodgepodge. Dinosaur well, Dino Bots from Transformers. Yeah, and I don't think they got their own show ever. Yeah, so. I don't, probably not. I was confusing but, them yeah. with Dino Trucks, which is kind of a kid's cartoon, which is actually really good. Uh, check that out if you want, if okay. you want more Dino stuff. Okay. Uh, like I said... More Dino Cartoons 2020. Uh, I would 100% want something like this, but my question would inevitably be, for an anthropomorphized dinosaur, would it be weird to see what we consider and what we normally know is just like a regular old dinosaur? I'm trying to think of like what the human parallel would be. Like if I saw myself as just like a regular bipedal human and then I saw myself is like uh, like a like a, another style of, like, of, of animal or another style of thing that this is going to trip me up all episodes so yeah are we in I'm an just... animorph situation here where yeah. you're going to be on the cover of a book going from sean to like what was it what's your dinosaur of choice if you could animorph into a what's dinosaur my... what would you choose oh, man, size be damned like I... whatever you want yeah, yeah yeah um i mean probably a t-rex you think I mean, t-rex that's... okay yeah i i think i was a big stegosaurus kid and I, I feel like Velociraptor is real low hanging fruit, but it would also be very cool just because of the speed yeah. that they had. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Dilophosaurus. I don't know. They've got the cool neck fringe. I'm looking for I'm looking for style over form on this one. I guess at this point, I think I'm going uh, pterodactyl or one of the flying pteranodons or pterodons, whatever they're yeah. called these days. Quetzalcoatlus. Yeah, those big guys. Yeah, yeah those guys. Mexican cool. lightning god. Yeah, I'd be fine with that too. Anything that flies, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Damn it, you had a better answer. On leather wings. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, let's get into Valley of the Dinosaurs. We are, of course, if you're new or a returning listener, we're gonna talk about the good, the bad, and the LOL. Not the spaghetti western. Don't worry about it. Clint Eastwood's gonna be on next episode. I can't about. wait. Yeah, I know. Last time he was here it was just an empty chair. I was really disappointed. <laughs> it was very awkward. He just screamed at it the whole time. Uh, so we're going to talk about what worked for this cartoon, what was good, what ultimately like made this cartoon successful. We're going to talk about the bad, uh, but we're we're going to kind of approach it from things that maybe we necessarily didn't hit for us, uh, recognizing that there are a lot of people, a lot of time, and a lot of money that is spent on making an animated series in a cartoon. So we're going to give some constructive criticism that we have here. We're not going to, unless it's like scathingly bad, uh, or like racist, we're not going to like, you know, completely bash this cartoon. So don't worry, we're not going to get too over the head on this. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the LOL, what made us laugh, whether it was intentional or unintentional for this cartoon. So we know a little bit more about Valley of the Dinosaurs. And we also have the added bonus of having Valley of the Dinosaurs, man. So 
let's get into the former and talk about Valley of the Dinosaurs. Dave, what was good in this cartoon for you? What did you enjoy? What resonated? What made you think like, yeah, I want to take a trip there? Yeah, first and foremost, from like a high level, just the fact that it's an adventure story. We have so few of those today, and I don't know why. They're at, at like some point, I think, in our history, and mostly talking American cartoons and American history, we kind of fell out of love with that classic adventure story. It used to be, you know, all the rage. Robert Louis Stevenson books, like all those stories and adaptations, those are great adventure stories, and we just don't have them. And Jacques Cousteau, you know, the, that uh, it brought kind of like the deep sea adventure into people's homes. Uh, right. Jules Verne, classic sci-fi stuff, but also had an adventure kind of angle to it. The John Carter books, like all those that are like, you know, now a hundred years old or more. Everybody was like into the adventure stuff for a time. Even Disney, they were just like, well, we need a section of the park that's just dedicated to like adventure in quotes. You know, whether it's Western adventure or deep sea adventure or, you know, high flying adventure, any of that stuff. We just don't have that anymore. So it was nice to kind of revisit this classic adventure story for starters. How about you? You know. We've talked about this, or maybe we haven't talked about this in a couple episodes, but just really the introduction. The introduction for this gives you all the context and the backstory that you need for the origin story to be able to successfully just drop you into this world and allow you to hang out with the Butler family as well as also all the Neanderthals that you have. I love the fact that they didn't feel the need to spend any additional time saying, okay, well, we're going to have an origin story where it's like the Butler family like packing up the car right. and going to the Amazon and traveling. Like, they're just like, no, we got all of that done in a little over 30-second theme song with a real banger that's going in there as well. And then they drop you in, and you can just kind of enjoy the world. And I think it does a great job of kind of like setting you up, giving you an introduction. You don't really get the, the common roll call that I, I have criticized theme songs for before as well. And that does get a little bit of tricky because they're – they're kind of, they have a familiar approach to each other that you are sitting there wondering, please, please somebody say a name. Who, just, who are please you? Please just call each other by name. Just, yeah, just say, just say once, one it's thing. Fine. Yeah. And then you get Katie who finally says like her, her brother's name and you're like, oh, okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. I've got like, I've got one out of a scorecard of like eight people that yeah. I can check off right now. So great. Uh, but I think it's a really fun and interesting way to kind of skip uh, a lot of that time or sort of that dead space that you would have in like a in in an intro episode to kind of do all the setup. Yeah. Do it in the theme song, take care of it, get into the fun of the world. And especially with something like Valley of the Dinosaurs, I don't know, me being a child, I wanted to be a paleontologist for probably ever. And then somebody was like, well, those those jobs really don't exist. And I was like, well, <laughs> they, I think they do. They kind of do, but not <laughs> in the way do. that they're super cool and like Jurassic Park and Valley yeah. of the Dinosaurs and all that. So Exactly. So I was like, wait, not like an Indiana Jones thing? Right. And people are like, no, that doesn't actually exist. So there went my college plans pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> except for except for University of Pittsburgh does have a degree program in it. So so it is also San in Francisco. Indiana Jones? Yeah. So does San Francisco uh, Cisco City College also has one. Love in it. Just Indiana Jones studies. Love that throwback. And I can't wait yep. for the next, the next semester where they talk about Indiana Jones 5. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> re-enroll and you can take classes online yeah perfect um but yeah i just i think being able to kind of have such a fun introduction introduce you to the world get you ready get you prepped drop you in it to let you have fun i think that was unbelievably successful for this cartoon i liked it but i also wouldn't be opposed if they ever wanted to like reboot this and make their own version of like valley of the dinosaurs now uh, cartoon or otherwise i'd be fine with more of an origin story 
just to reintroduce people to the world. I think it worked really well for this series, but you don't really get the sense that we know anything about the Butler family. We don't know where they came from. We don't know how long they've kind of been like, is this just like a family trip they're taking in the Amazon or is it like a research trip or what? Yeah. I love the idea of like it starts out in like a like a family counseling session and it is heated. It's raw. And they are real, real raw and they are getting into it. And and the person, the therapist is just like, look, uh, as a counselor, like I really think that maybe, you know, dad, you've been a little bit too invested in terms of your work and mom, you've been a little bit too distant in terms of what's there. And like, you know, your your kids are kind of picking up some of these qualities and like maybe just Go on a vacation. <laughs> just take a riverboat cruise. Just whatever you want. <laughs> just to really kind of round out the family dynamic that you have for this one and give a little bit more con like more context than I actually really need to get invested in these characters. I will um, say though, like the closest thing I can compare it to is Lost in Space. So they recently rebooted that on Netflix. It's really well done. They didn't spend a whole lot of time with the the backstory. They kind of drop you in at this like inciting incident where all chaos is kind of breaking loose and it splits the family away from uh, the rest of their group and they have to kind of like survive on their own in space. Really well done series, really good sci-fi and adventure series. Unfortunately, that's coming to a close with their next season. So that'll be the end of that. But similar kind of premise to Valley of the Dinosaurs where Hmm. essentially it's just, it's a family unit, first of all, which I like. And they're kind of tossed into a world that is very unfamiliar to them. But luckily, there are some <laughs> friendly faces here to help them along. Before we get into that, I just want to comment on the, the theme song real quick. <laughs> I like the two. I like the theme song. I like the way they introduce everything. The synopsis that you just heard Bobby read is straight from the theme song. So it's the exact yeah. same thing they say in the theme song. The narrator says, as literally the events that he's describing are being animated <laughs> on the screen in front of you. Uh, but yeah, that's all you need. And I like that it's it's got a 70s kind of feel to it, but it also is a throwback to the Hanna-Barbera theme songs of the 60s with like Johnny Quest, a little bit of like Space Ghost in there. You've got some Herculoids in there too, which I believe came later, uh, depending on my timing. But yeah, it all, it, it's got that kind of expected familiar Hanna-Barbera theme song sound. So I really like that. Yeah. And just keeping along with the Hanna-Barbera theme and idea is a lot of the animation that they have for this. It's going to immediately feel accessible and very nostalgic if you're a fan of Johnny Quest or Thundar, the Barbarian. I mean, you know, these are things that you look at the animation for the dad and you're like, yeah, just put a red shirt on him and silver hair and you've got Ray's Bannon. Like, I thought he looked a little bit like, like Jack Hanna, too. He's like a combination oh, of yeah. the two. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, uh, you know, they definitely do a great job in just kind of like creating. Uh, something that's familiar yet a little bit unique. I definitely liked the personalities that they had yeah. for the family. Like nobody kind of felt bland. No, nobody whether, kind of felt one note. Whether you liked them or not, that's not what we're talking about here. But they they were well drawn, and I mean that both in terms of animation, but also in terms of like character uh, design. They were individual, unique characters. And yeah, they were a little right. stereotypical at times, but for the most part, they stood on their own. You knew exactly who you had with each character. Yeah. And, and, I mean, they do a good job of kind of even – they have some one-to-one parody in terms of the actual Butler family and the Neanderthal family right. that you have. It's like there. when the Jetsons meet the Flintstones. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's a – oh, my gosh. Could you – okay, let me pitch this. Okay, pitch. It's pitch space, space family therapy. You got me so far. And it's the Butler family all seated around, and they are raw, R-A-W. <laughs> 
and they are getting into it. And then the counselor is like, you know what you guys need to do? Like, dad, you've been doing this. Mom, you've been doing this. Kids, blah, blah, blah. You guys need to take a time travel trip <laughs> as a family. And that's how this actually starts. I like that it's a setup. It's a time travel yeah. setup. <laughs> and like after the first episode, they're just like, oh, yeah, well, we could have just always left. We've got like space stuff. And yeah. like, oh, well, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, total sense to us Neanderthals, space stuff. I do love the idea that it's like a Terra Nova situation, though, where they're just <laughs> like, well, you guys just go decompress in the distant past. It'll be fine. <laughs> just come back whenever you're ready. And bring some yeah. resources with you. <laughs> right. Um, but I will say it is kind of fun to see sort of that Flintstones and uh, Jetsons kind of comparison that they have for all of the, for both of the families that really kind of take center stage for this cartoon to sort of see where they are. Uh, I'll say the Neanderthals, not as maybe distinct, uh, not as maybe as interesting, but definitely very active in terms of what they're doing. Yeah, and I love the fact that we didn't just see a quote-unquote, like, American family dropped into the past, and then they have to battle against, like, primitive dwell, like cave dwellers or, like, primitive warriors or anything like that. They actually just befriend this Neanderthal family very quickly. They help them out of a jam, and then they work side by side to kind of right. survive the distant past. And I was like, that's interesting because it's not just one family unit that we're following. In the middle of all these trials, we're actually getting to see two. And like Sean said, the, the kind of modern family is definitely more uh, they get more of the focus they get more of the development than the neanderthal family but the the neanderthals do get the, some of their time in the spotlight too right yeah, it was nice yeah just i think probably one of my favorite things about this show or at least this episode that we watched which we we watched the first episode yeah. for this forbidden uh, fruit forbidden fruit uh, which thankfully, if you're listening and you're like, man, I wish I could find that. Don't worry. It's available on Daily Motion. Just go Google search it. It's very, very quickly accessible. Yeah. Warner this, Brothers owns it, but they don't even know what they have. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. This episode, Forbidden Fruit, is a great lesson in just incremental heightening yeah. in terms of what's happening within the plot. Plusing it. And I, yeah. And they do a great job with it, like consistently throughout. A little bit of humor splashed in there every once in a while. Uh but just to kind of give you like a recap, there's a, there's there's a threat regarding like a very large dinosaur called Malik, yep. uh, who who is coming after them. Sort of. Uh, sort of. He's well, he's coming after something that they stole, and so then there's the reveal about like this actual like stolen fruit, the forbidden fruit, hence the title of the episode. Uh, there's a cave in. There's flooding that then results in the cave, and then the kids run off. There's a dinosaur and, and, attack from a different a di- little cute dinosaur. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so there's there's all these things that kind of take place that just sort of uh, do a great job of just kind of increasing the stakes throughout the actual episode. And, and I feel like I've watched we've watched so much Hanna Barbera stuff at this point. There are some times where you dropped into a plot and it's just like very one note. It's yep. like oh we've got to. We've got to walk over there, and then we're successful. And you're like, oh, my God. And then there's a musical number, and then they come back to it after commercial. Yeah, looking at you, grooving ghoulies. Oh, and so it's uh, there, there are a bunch of challenges that they have in terms of how they they put together and actually structure a story. It's crazy to think that this one had so many good beats to it consistently and put them in situations where they were able to leverage very specific skills that the Butler family had to be able to help get out of these situations, which 
you and I, I think, both really enjoyed the fact that there were some very basic techniques that they had in regarding science yeah. to kind of work through some of the problems. That was really cool to see. That was cool. There was a, a 90s cartoon back in the day. I can't remember the name of it now. Maybe you'll know it off the top of your head. But it, it centered on a, a group of cavemen. It was kind of like the Crudes, right? But like 15, okay. maybe even 20 years before that came out. One of the cavemen kids was like really scientifically gifted. He's always testing stuff. He was always mm. experimenting, and most of the time it blew up in his face. But every once in a while, he would come up with a unique tool or an invention that would actually help. Like, I think he, like, basically invents the wheel, and everybody laughs at him for a while, but then they kind of, everybody starts using it. I can't remember the name. It might have been Crow, or I might be confusing that with the Crudes. might have been mm. C-R-O, Crow. Uh, that might also be a video game. There's, like, a weird pocket of my brain that just has, like, media from prehistoric stories that are all like jumbled together so i don't remember exactly which one it was but i remember liking that so it is in fact crow is it crow it's, yeah cro okay cool yeah and that was yeah. the, that they was bring, the cartoon right nice yeah, they bring so in a lot was. of like fun sciencey things yeah and in this one that's exactly what the butler family does to help the neanderthals that like like sean said like if they get the cave in they're like well we've got a few things we can try to do to get out and then the, it starts flooding and he's like well we've got a few things we can do to try to not drown <laughs> so <laughs> They're very simple, though. They're very simple, basic stuff, for better and worse, for better or worse. The simple concepts, the execution is okay, and then they kind of leave it at that. And unfortunately, that's there's no real lesson to be found, and I think maybe that is one of your points leading us into the next section. Yeah, this this definitely was a jumping-off point for me, just to, because I enjoyed seeing things. They, they talk about some simple machines uh, that they have that are available. They talk a little bit about water pressure and, and kind of trying to get them out of the flood jam. But the problem is that they explain and they kind of show these things, but they don't mention the science behind yeah. what's there. And I don't need like a, a giant explanation about how some of these things work. I don't need to be, you know, uh, like super overwhelmed with the science that's going into this. Just maybe like a general concept uh, yeah. in terms of like what's there. And I felt like, for, for a cartoon of this nature where there's like a point where uh, they even say, they're like, my dad teaches science in school. It was like, yeah, great. Does he though? Maybe maybe actually <laughs> teach these people rather yeah, than just doing it for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you look at the fact that they are interacting with these Neanderthals and this entire family and they're trying to help them and they're in this situation that the, the Butler family has put them in this situation as a result of Greg. Yeah, that's right, Greg, looking at you. We're going to get to you in a couple minutes, buddy, because you are a real chaos You're problem. You're the worst, Greg. You're the worst, Greg. So you know, they, they get into this problem, and then they help them in terms of being able to, to get out of these situations to, to, to help save them, save themselves. But they never really kind of say, like, oh, the reason that we're, we're submerging these bamboo posts underwater is because of this. They're just like, no, 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 you got to make sure that, like, you get them underwater and that they float. You're just like, oh, all right, well, you could have you added, like, a sentence you could have added like an additional sentence to kind of try to like help understand uh, like why they're doing this. And the reason I'm saying this is that there are so, there are a couple lines that are in this cartoon just in general, just in the writing. And again, I'll go back and I'll criticize Hanna-Barbera all day about this. They do a terrible job of explaining to you exactly <laughs> what they're about to do. And they did in the theme song and it's fine there because you're seeing the story and you're, you're hearing the narration. But in the episode themselves, they make and they say things that they're doing at the exact same time. And that is so frustrating to me. When to just dictate like, the actions that we're seeing as yeah. they're doing it. Yeah. There's like a moment where uh, we have one of the, the Neanderthal 
girls. She's the the young uh, daughter, uh, Tana. And she says something. She's like, the vine is tied to the tree. And she just accomplished tying the vine to the tree. And Greg, I still hate you, Greg. We saw him watch her do that task. And they just feel the need sometimes for these older cartoons to just narrate what they were doing. Uh, I think we even saw a lot of instances of this in Emergency Plus 4. Definitely. These things are just rampant in terms of what they were there. That's and, just like a cost-saving measure because they, yeah. they can just like a couple mouth flaps and just like saves you like two seconds of time that you don't have to really animate much because you already did the thing. But I, I feel like they could have swapped out uh, the vine is tied to the tree with just something of how did you know what the lever? Well, it's a simple machine. Let me explain this to you. And you're just like, oh, okay, great. Like you, end of topic. I didn't need much more than that. I just felt like it was a missed opportunity to kind of just, if you're going to state science, just give me a little bit of science. I will say I liked the bit where they uh, tie a bunch of bamboo poles together, which I have a few out back. They're not completely hollow, so I don't know if that only, I don't know how that worked. But I like that they tied all the bamboo poles together and then they, you know, put the stoppers in both ends and then just just popped it out (laughs) from inside to outside. Because I was like, how are they going to get that stopper out from the one that's outside? Yeah. And they just use like water pressure from inside, which I don't, I'd have to Mythbusters that one. I don't know that that would work in any way, shape, or form <laughs> with the way that they did that. And also, like, if you can build a bamboo uh, siphon to reach up and all the way out of the cave like that, just make it a ladder. Just turn it into a ladder. <laughs> if you can tie all those things together, just make a ladder, buds. You'll be fine. Yeah. I like no, the idea I mean, of it, though. It was just like the execution and the education of it was lacking. Right. But, you know, like the ending of a movie with Meryl Streep, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and, and Amy Adams, I have doubt. That was a stretch. That was a real stretch. That was a reach. But Did was you a just movie. watch that this weekend? No, no, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I wrote that and I've been saving that forever, Dave. <laughs> From a movie that came out. <laughs> it was like 2015. Uh, it was 2008. Oh my God, it was that long ago? Yeah, it was that long Good ago. Good Lord. Yeah, 12 year old jokes here. It makes me really sad to think that 2008 was 12 years ago. Uh, but yeah. moving on, if you guys are wondering, like, hey, this show they're talking about, I think they have the wrong title. I think they're thinking of Land of the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> You're not super wrong. This show and Land of the Lost, the Sid and Marty Croft live action series about a family who basically crashes through a barrier and ends up in the prehistoric past with a bunch of weird creatures. Uh, they came out on the same day. Yeah. This cartoon we're talking about and the live action series came out on the same day, two different networks. So uh, Valley of the Dinosaurs came out on CBS. Land of the Lost came out on NBC. Uh, I think it was September 4th or so of 1974. Same day, same premise, two (laughs) two different families, two different mediums, two different networks. Thought it was interesting, though. Uh, They separate themselves a little bit, but I don't know if it's enough. (laughs) Yeah. it's interesting to note it was the the same uh, rafting company uh, right. booked for for both time travel rafts. I don't know why they yeah. both <laughs> went with weird, this one. Yeah, you know, it's uh, sometimes you say the you state the title of what the actual business is, and people show up and they're like, "Well, what is time travel rafts?" And you're like, "Well, don't worry about it." It's just, just marketing. It's just really yeah, good just marketing. marketing. Yeah, you're definitely yeah, not going to crash land in the same place. I think in Land of the Lost, it was like. What would be more terrifying for you, driving along and then the road just gives way and you find yourself transported to the past or being on like an Amazon river <laughs> rafting trip <laughs> and getting sucked down into the river through a whirlpool and then ending up in the distant past? What's worse for you? Uh, I, you know, um, both. Both, both are worst. Yeah, because the raft is on top of the car. <laughs> oh, no. 
Yeah. And the car, the, the road starts to break, and then my car just drops down into and the, the raft gets underneath it. Yeah. Yikes. It's a bad day for uh, you. D, all of the above. <laughs> Jeez, D. There's also a, a little bit journey to the center of the earth, but not as much because that was intentional. These right. two stories are kind of like accidental trips into the past. Journey yeah. was more of a, a specifically, this is, yeah. Yeah, this is like, oopsie, we traveled to the center of the, the earth. Yeah, not Didn't intentionally. Didn't mean to. Didn't mean yeah. to. Don't know how Didn't to get back. To. But that's a great conceit. So again, I go back to like the adventure stories. Like, It doesn't always have to be about a new frontier or exploring the unknown. Like, Sometimes something can happen and it'll throw you out of your comfort zone. So <laughs> you get... You know, you just get tossed somewhere uh, into the distant past and you have to deal with it. It's like Samurai Jack. You know, same kind of thing. Right. Just no, no samurais or robots as far as I know in this one. Nobody's named Jack in this either. Nobody's named Jack. Somebody is named Greg, though. Oh, God. Can we talk about him for a little while? Can I talk about one thing quick? I just want to throw this out yeah. there. This dog that they have. Oh, yeah. Speaking old, of ripoffs this between. This old dog. Yeah. yeah. This old dog. Uh, this old dog. Uh, that we have here is a, is a rip off of Scooby Doo. Hundred percent, minus 100%. the talking. It's just there's no talking animals in this one. Right. The animals, we should mention the dinosaurs. The animals are more or less played straight, like realistically. Uh, right. The brontosaurus named Malak, who's after the fruit, is he's not. You know, you can't reason with it. It's basically just going after fruit and just making these kids <laughs> alive a living hell. Uh, the the exception to that somewhat are the Butler family's dog and then the Neanderthal family's sort of like cave dog, if you want to call it that. Yeah, named uh, Glump, which Glump. is the best the best <laughs> name. We have Glump and we have uh and then the dog is named Digger. Yeah. And it just and and he is a carbon copy of Scooby Doo. And you're thinking to yourself, man, you know, this came out like at a very specific time, you know, in nineteen seventy four. Didn't Scooby Doo come out at that time? Scooby Doo came out in '69. Was the first episode. This also featured that, Frank so. Welker too. I think I think Welker was in as the dog. A couple voices. <laughs> he might have been a couple times. Probably uncredited, but yeah. Oh man, yeah. So it was just it's interesting to kind of see something like that just kind of hit so close to another property that had already been out for like five years at that point. Yeah. Kind of a little bit of a, a bummer ripoff because they could have made the dog really cool. They could have made him really unique. Could have added in anything else other than a Scooby Doo ripoff. It could have clone. been. It could have been a wolf that they, you know, happened upon and adopted. It could have been. been anything. Yeah, anything. Anything other than just like, well, make them look like Scooby Doo, but less interesting. All right. <laughs> it's yeah. Is it very Greg, weird? Is it Greg time? It's Greg time. That's why I deep side because it's Greg time. This little jerk. Every cartoon needs like a character who's just the worst, and Greg is just the worst. The Everything worst. else will be fine in this show. Like. You know, crashing or, or getting sucked down through the river aside, being flung into the distant past with no way to get home. All that aside, Greg, uh, I would have been okay if Greg drowned and they were just like mourning his loss <laughs> for the length rest, of the season. Rest in peace, Greg. Rest in peace, Greg. <laughs> Look, we're introduced to this thing. So the Forbidden Fruit, the very first scene that we kind of get after the intro and after a, a weirdly long montage of just like dinosaurs just stomping around the prehistoric landscape. We see the cave girl, Tana, and I believe we see Katie, the the teenage daughter of the butler family. They're like harvesting fruit. Meanwhile, the dad is just eating the fruit that they're harvesting and commenting on how good it is. And Greg, with no shoes on, is just sat up on a rock eating just like a giant bag of this fruit, too. So you've got the two women who are just (laughs) harvesting all this fruit for the families. And you've got these two a-holes who are just eating all the fruit (laughs) as they're harvesting it. So that was like my first introduction. Like, okay. 
But then the dad turns out okay because he's, you know, he, he's he's fine. Greg is a complete a-hole from the get-go. Yeah. There, there's almost a part of me that had wished in watching this that Greg had, like, learned a lesson or that maybe he had grown well, up I'll a get, little I'll bit. I'll get there because yeah, we because, do not you know, get that. You would think if you end up as a young kid in the Valley of the Dinosaurs, you are going to have to grow up exponentially quicker than just a suburban kid or, you know, uh, that kind of had a lot of creature comforts. And Greg just does not seem to care. He is longing to be able to go back and get out of this valley. Well, now, you as a kid were a fan of dinosaurs, right? And I kind of state that more than ask that because most kids out there are, like, super fascinated by dinosaurs at some point in their young lives. Dinosaurs, Dave? Never heard of them. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like... (laughs) Greg basically acts as if he's never heard of them. He's never heard of, like, T-Rex. He's never heard of a carnivore. He's never heard of thunder lizards. Never heard of any of this stuff. He's so detached from it. And he has at one point, he he just says, like, you know, a dinosaur is essentially, like, coming to squish all of them, uh, whether they know it or not. And he's just like, who's scared of dinosaurs? And both Sean and myself are like, you, Greg, you are scared of dinosaurs. And then he literally says that the next moment. He's like, well, well maybe I am. Let me ask you this, though. Everything you knew about dinosaurs as a kid, you were probably fascinated by them. If you were thrown into the distant past, basically on your own, would you also not be terrified that some of these dinosaurs were going to try to kill you? I'd be dead within a minute. Yeah, I don't think we'd survive very long. Our podcast skills do not help Dead with in the prehistoric <laughs> past. It'd be me with a microphone and being like, hey, so Mr. Stegosaurus, could I? Oh, no, I'm dead. That, dead. That'd be like the extent of how long I would probably last. He just time. got tail whipped and it was very effective. Yep. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow. Emerging Pokemon and dinosaurs. I love and it. One thing. You know what? It's better than a 12-year-old joke that I made. So True. perfect. Prehistoric Pokemon. Yeah. Would Okay. let's. Can we go through and list all the terrible things that Greg does? Starting yeah. with the fruit. Yeah. All right. So we, he's already eating the fruit that his like sister and his, his new best friend or whatever are, are harvesting for them. We learn fairly quickly that this fruit is actually off limits. It is meant for the giant brontosaurus named Malak. They, the, the cave people, they're just like, no, no, that's the Arak. We leave that alone. We don't take any of it. That's all Malak, so you just leave them alone. The family, for the most part, is just kind of like, oh, okay, we didn't understand. Like, can we take a couple? He's like, no, no, leave it all. <laughs> don't take any back. That's the way it is. That's the way it's been done. Most of the family's like, okay, cool. We got it. We don't want to, we don't want to ruffle your feathers, step on your toes. This is your home, not ours. They empty out all the baskets and everything that they had, except for freaking Greg. Greg. Yeah, and the. You know, the we're we're talking about just sort of the like the, the comment or the interaction that they're having between uh like Garak and, and, and the Butler family, and he has this dynamite line that he throws in there. He goes, We have laws and customs. Yeah. You're basically it, you're we, in our house, so you need yeah. to do as we do. And we can learn from you too. They go back and forth. And it could not have been stated and written any <laughs> in, in like any more of like a simplistic fashion. Yeah. It was it conveyed the message, point taken, great. We don't live here. We're strangers in a foreign place. Help us out. Yeah, leave all the fruit. Okay, got it. Unless you're freaking Greg. Freaking Greg. <laughs> he didn't just take like one or two. <sighs> it would have been one thing if he just pocketed a couple and was like, all right, I'm going to sneak these back home because they taste like peaches and pineapple together. It's better than a banana split. That Oh, oh banana split? What's that? Don't worry. I'll buy you one. <laughs> oh, my God. All these connections back to like the, the main like capitalist world were so just <laughs> silly to me. Hate Greg, but he doesn't just pocket a couple. He takes like a whole bushel of them to like hide away at home, like a little shit that he is, right? And that would be fine. 
normally. It's like, okay, you stole some like <laughs> forbidden fruit. Didn't work out so well in the Bible, but otherwise it would be fine, right? <laughs> However, sure. what comes after the fruit? Oh, like actually going into the cave? Yeah, like what like what creature is, is looking for the fruit and following yeah, them back? Uh, Malik follows them back to the cave and then just, he's like a brontosaurus and just sticks his brontosaurus like long neck inside of this cave. Very weird and made me laugh out loud that it's a brontosaurus, which is a herbivore. And it had like a lizard tongue, like a snake and it had tongue like a that just gill like a too forked. that, that yeah. ran the length of its like eighty foot neck, <laughs> which was a that was a choice. Very, it made me laugh real hard because I was like, wait, did we just you know what? Fine, screw it. It's fine. Care. It's a it's a, yeah. it's a part snake part. But they even say like that's a brontosaurus. They're not flesh eaters, which cracks me up because that's like a yeah. line that no one has ever said in real life. But <laughs> flesh eaters, flesh eaters. They're like, well, what's he <laughs> looking for? So of course, because of freaking Greg, <laughs> the dinosaur causes a cave in. Right? So, <laughs> so the dinosaur's outside. He's just like, well, I'm just trying to get my fruits. Inside, Greg still has the fruit. He's hidden it from everybody under like a tarp now. I think they finally discover it. But this is when what Sheldon talked about earlier. They start to get into more and more trouble. All their efforts to get out of the cave end up backfiring. They cause a flood. They hit essentially like a spring in the ground, and then the cave starts to flood. So they have to figure out how to get out there. While those, while the parents, while the adults are doing that, what is friggin' Greg up to now? He's he's scurrying around the cave, deciding that he's gonna like run off on his own, and on his own into like this back area. We've got we've got Digger, and we've also got oh my god, Glump, Glump. I love Glump. Glump. Uh, Yeah, they've got uh, they're following him into the back recesses of this cave. Yeah, and Tan is back there with him. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so they're 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 in the process of like potentially just kind of clowning around, maybe looking for like a way to get out, uh, anything that's possibly there. They're putting themselves into more danger. There are more threats that are back there with like this little mini boss of a dinosaur. What was that, that thing? Pops. It I was have, smaller you know, than they were, but it was, looked like a full scale T Rex, just shrunk yeah. down the size. <laughs> it's a little baby T Rex. Little baby T Rex. I was like, this thing's full form baby T Rex. Super cute when he's growling and hissing at you. Yeah. So, of course, Greg's in trouble back there, so now they have to call for their sister Katie to come and help them out. However, Sean, if I was trapped somewhere and you were far enough away, but I was in, like, mortal peril, I wouldn't just say, Sean, come help me. I would say, Sean, come help and watch out for the dinosaur that's around that corner. (laughs) Not just screaming for Katie to come help and not giving her any heads up (sighs) to the flesh-eating dinosaur that was waiting for her. Yeah, context matters here, gang. Greg. (laughs) Greg... Every damn time, it, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, Katie thankfully is able to save them in terms of what they're doing. They find a little hole. They get out. Tana actually knows like where to go in terms of like the paths and like how to get home, right? Like, back to their village. Exactly. She runs back there. Nobody's there. They're trying to figure out all these things, you know. And, and then you know, Greg is like, "Well, maybe we can maybe we can start a rock slide on top of this." I'm like, "There's a part of me that I'm not like claustrophobic, but the idea of like a cave in, yeah." around me is like terrifying and the i and, and greg's stupid <laughs> dumb dumb idea is greg just you know complicates what? everything like my family is inside of this small cave yeah. that, is that is already rapidly beginning filling to, up with water yes rapidly filling up with water and it's also beginning uh like there's been a cave-in yeah. so like it's susceptible to further cave-ins and his idea is like what if I further cave more, in this cave? You're like, stop more with the cave-in. I got you, you a cave-in to put on your cave-in. Yeah, it's just an exhibit meme. Like, it's just, it's crazy what his thought process is. And then the whole time, that's finally when he drops in a little, you know, nugget of just like, all I need is a lever. Tana is just looks at him 
like a golden god yeah. coming down and she's like how do you know all of this oh my dad teaches science you know what I'm actually gonna call BS on this. I think I think for the amount of stuff that's actually taken place in this episode, like I think he just knows the word science and can spell the word science. Maybe. There, yeah, and that like and that's like fingers crossed. Hopefully, John Butler. Uh, but for all the stuff that's taking place, he's just like, oh yeah, yeah, we're just gonna like we're just gonna kind of run into these awful situations, try to get out of it. I don't know. I I laughed so hard at every possible thing that greg was doing oh i've I think, definitely like got you, a lot in the lols yeah every step of the way i was like yo rest in peace greg here's the worst part like you said earlier like there's no lesson really involved yeah greg even says once they, everybody's rescued obviously and everybody's fine at the end of the day but they were all put in mortal peril <laughs> just because greg wanted to hold on to some of these fruits that was it and because he didn't listen he didn't listen to his dad he didn't listen to the the village elders he didn't listen to common sense he didn't even listen when the dinosaur was literally just causing a cave-in. He still tried to hold on to his dang fruit. At the end, he's basically just like, well, sorry, Dad. And the dad's just kind of like, that's okay. That's okay. Most understanding your parents lessons. of the year award. Like, uh, this kid has no discipline at all. He has no punishment. He has, there's nothing to hold him accountable. He's going to grow up to be a real shit. That's, yeah. all, that's all I'll say. A real, real problem child right here. A real problem child, Greg. Real problem child. Uh, I want to point out a couple lines that made me laugh so uh, increasingly hard. Are we in the Are we in like, LOL territory? Yeah, yeah. That nice. was like this is this is so silly. <laughs> um, it just it cracked me up. We talked about Tana like going back to like the, the where the village is, and she walks into this cave, and there's like an elder that's in there, and she just goes. Hello, old one. And it was said like a robot, and I Hello, just old one. I lost my mind just now. Can I talk about how funny the context was surrounding that story too? Yeah, yeah. So for context again, all the adults are back in the cave, and they're trying to like string bamboo poles together to siphon water out of this cave. It's pretty convoluted, but whatever. It kind of works, but they still need help. So the kids manage to squeeze their way out. They run all the way back to the village. We don't know how far away that is. Could be two minutes, could be 20 miles. I don't know how far it is. They don't seem too out of shape when they get there, so it's probably not too far away. But they get there looking for help. They find an old woman, and they're like, well, there's no adults here. The old woman says, ah, they're all out hunting. They'll be back in a few days. So the kids are just kind of like, eh, we're not even going to bother telling the old woman what the problem is. We're just going to run all the way back to the cave that we just left and then try to figure something out. There was just something about the like timing of it and how they didn't even tell the woman, like, look, if one of the hunters comes back, Here's a situation. Please send help then. We're going to go check this out. They just wasted time running to and from just to pop in on an old woman and just yeah. say hello. Again, context really matters here, Gabe. Yeah. Uh, it, we, we, you talked about a little bit about the fact, like, you know, there's this moment when there's the cave-in and then there's a flood. Well, John John Butler then looks John as John Butler. Every time you say his name, for some reason, it just gets funnier. John yeah. Butler. John Butler. Uh, so John Butler is looking at this... Uh, this this leak uh, that has started to, to occur inside of the cave after the cave and he just goes oh an artesian flow <laughs> <laughs> just i don't know what it was this is the, this is the dumbest thing for like somebody who's a man of science to like throw out in any way i'm like yeah yeah he could have basically just went oh man this is no, look at this dasani flow look at this deer park flow. i just shut up john like you 
garbage human. I like that he turned to the uh, the tribal leader who's with him, and he's essentially just like, "Wow, great news! You've got artisanally sourced well water here. Your value of this cave just went up 120 percent. Congratulations!" His like his like hipsterness just kind of like started just overfly. Just it's great. Like, oh, an artesian. Who cares? It's water, John. Butler, get out of there. What was so weird is like nobody's really freaking out. Everybody's just kind of like taking things in stride and it's just kind of like, ah, well, uh, that was a cave in because a giant uh, monster dinosaur wanted to get these forbidden fruits. Okay, we'll deal with the next thing. Ah, we've just caused an artisanal flow <laughs> to spring up out of the out of the ground that we're all going to drown to death fairly soon. Let's see I if did, we can't I, figure that out. Yeah. There must have been drugs in that auroch. Like that fruit that they've been it just eating, chilled like, them it out, was just a chill. There's so much THC yeah, inside man. of that thing. They were just like, just so hey, chill. They're man. just like, hey, we'll figure it out, or we won't. We'll just like die together. It'll be totally cool. Oh, cool. This water is like real chill, man. It's like, like so fresh. Yeah, nice. Now there wasn't really any kind of like romantic relationships. Speaking of how everybody is just very, they're, they're kind of like dull, and the fact that they don't have any real ups and downs. Emotionally speaking, yeah. even the the husband and wife duo of the butlers are kind of, it's a little cold. They're just kind of conversational with each other, which is fine. Uh, the, they're a separate bedroom. They're like, they're separate, separate beds in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah one yeah. of those situations. But what do you think yeah. about Locke and Katie? Uh, think they got some uh, potential there? Yeah, I think they got some potential there. Yeah. I think, I think she, I think she's, she's work. She can, I mean, she's going to get it. She's, she, she can get it. Yeah. And he like, can good get for it her. Too. Good for her. I'm gonna be honest. Like, good for them. I'm gonna good say both them. of them can get it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about uh? What do you think about Tom and Greg? <laughs> I think they're too young. Yeah. I mean, rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace. Rest in peace. I think they're too young. <laughs> Tana obviously likes Greg, but they're too young. Yeah. She can mourn him later after he does another dumb thing in episode two. If he's gonna get everybody else killed, he'll be the last one alive. If and when this ever <laughs> makes its way to the CW as like uh, a, a young adult uh, live action series, <laughs> keep. Keep an eye out for Locke and Katie because they're going to be the ones to watch. They're going to be the one true pair. I almost want to say if it gets that kind of like uh, Riverdale reboot on CW, what a great way to just be like, man, we went on a vacation and we lost our brother. We just lost him. Just never to be seen again. And that's just how the episode starts. Or maybe they go on a rafting trip to like mourn him and scatter his ashes. (laughs) It's getting real dark. And yet you're laughing. (laughs) <laughs> Look, so if you guys think we're being too harsh on Greg, here's one final thing that he says. He's trying to impress Tana, and they're in this other cave system, and he's like, it's like the Carlsbad Caverns. The way he says caverns, caverns. made me so angry. <laughs> like, irrationally so. I think it's because he's done so many stupid things up until this point that when he said Carlsbad Caverns, like he knew something, it just irritated me so much, Greg. <laughs> Could be honest with you, I love to hate Greg on this show. I do too. He's, it's fun. He's the best and the worst. It's fun. I kind of want to watch more episodes just to see what he does because it's all going to be awful. I hope episode two just starts with just a dinosaur foot just stuck. Just mashing him. Greg. Oh man, rest in peace, Greg. Oh, what a bummer. Can we also talk about the one thing that Katie kind of does that is uh, unintentionally funny, I think? Yes. <laughs> I think so, I know exactly what you're talking about. So when Katie goes to rescue Greg and Tana from this <laughs> yep. little dino. She, and you mentioned this too in your, uh, with some animation, like some of the animation you can tell is like, like hand drawn background, but some of the stuff stands out in this case. It's just like this weird purple, like stalactite or stalagmite that's just hanging out there, which she uses as like a chair, like a lion tamer would use a chair 
to get this. She, narr- she narrates that too. She does. She na- she's like, I've seen a lion tamer use a chair it, like yeah. this. It's just like, like oh, okay, we got it, Katie. Just do the thing. So she lures this this mini T Rex over into a hole, <laughs> and just manages to drop him into the hole, which is fine. Like you would think, like he'd be he'd be fine there. He'd be chill. He'd be okay. Yeah. She goes the extra mile and just grabs this huge boulder and just rolls it on, t- on top of the hole, essentially just prolonging this poor creature to a, a slow and agonizing death. She buried it alive. She buried it alive. Very, it's, she it's buried the last this of its species. Baby T got buried alive. Baby T's buried. All right, gone. Just you rest in peace. Rest in peace, baby T. I can't believe Katie this. killed you slowly. <laughs> there was there was one uh, moment at the end. That really got another laugh out of me, too. And it was one where I thought Greg was going to get some comeuppance. Uh, after they're all outside and they're, they're rescued, they rescue themselves, essentially. Uh, they climb up a, up a rope and get out of the uh, the ceiling, the, the roof, whatever, of the cavern. Which, again, why couldn't you just build a bamboo ladder, but whatever. When they get outside, Greg says something snarky. So one of the, like, cavemen leaders just tosses him over his head. Just launches him into the air. <laughs> And she's like, whoa, Greg's about to get messed up. But then one of the other cavemen catches him, and it's fine. He puts him back down. But I was just like, whoa, for a second there, I thought Greg was going to get some, Rest in peace. some caveman authority. Yeah. The caveman law bringing it down on him. I'll, I'll say, you know, there, it's not a funny moment, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting to kind of note that, like, you know, they've talked about, like, Carlsbad Caverns, mm. and they've talked about all these these things like banana splits and all things that are familiar to them, things that are, you know, they're nostalgic for. This is obviously not where they're from. They're very much strangers here. This is an adjustment. And I love the fact that the Neanderthal family says this line about, you know, you you seem really like you seem to want to go back to this place. That line shouldn't have been funny. Right. I laughed for like a split second. And then I just kind of went, Oh no. It's it, it, you know, I mean, obviously they're not going to understand like culture shock, but that's very clearly what the Butler family is going through. And like, they're trying to adjust. They're trying to figure this out. They're trying to be helpful, but they're also kind of really rubbing it in these Neanderthals faces that there's this whole other world. There's this whole other time that they're from where these other great things are happening. And it's quote unquote better than the place right now, despite all the hospitality they've extended to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this Neanderthal family is doing nothing but giving them everything that they have and not questioning any of this. And this family is like, Oh, well, you know, what's better than this, this (laughs) literally everything, this peach pineapple fruit that you guys have. (laughs) Have you guys ever heard of cars? (laughs) Just Have like, you heard of a banana split? Yeah, Have you been to the Carlsbad Caverns? Caverns? Shut up, Greg. It's just it, it's it, it's it's weird to kind of see that called out in such a fashion in a cartoon. And I'm glad that it was there because you see it a number of times, even in the first episode. And you think to yourself, man, they got to really kind of calm down as a family here. And then they get called out on it, and they, they've got a good response about you know, hey, this. This isn't where we're from, you know. We're we're trying to figure it out, but at the same time, like you know, I would think that if you took uh, a botched rafting trip on the Amazon and then you fell into this world, I'm gonna th- go out on a limb. Maybe you're a family that rolls with the punches <laughs> at that point. Maybe you kind of have to be. They're Maybe like the wild thornberries. Right, right. It's like if the wild thornberries fell back into time. I don't know if they ever did that on an episode or not, but it'd be like no. it'd be kind of like them. 
Yeah, I think there were some like flashback episodes with stuff, but I don't think about time travel. Yeah, I don't think so. They didn't quite go that crazy with it. And I'm not going to double check it, so fact check nope. me and then at me on Twitter. You can do that, listeners. Anything else yep. from the from the LOL section for you? Ah, oh, no, man. I should not have laughed that much for this cartoon, but I, my face hurts. There are definitely some funny moments, both on this <laughs> show and on that show, so worth it. Yikes. God. One more right. dinosaur show in the books. Here we go. Let's get into our recommendations. Oh, boy. So, Valley of the Dinosaurs, if you... Again, if you're returning or if you are a new listener, we can recommend a cartoon. We can tell you why we think it's a good investment of your time to check this out and maybe go beyond just the episode that we watched for the show. We can also say we don't think it's a good idea to watch this. We can discourage you from watching this cartoon and we can give you a justification of why you would better serve your time watching Castlevania Season 3 on Netflix right now, which if you haven't done that, just go do that. Go do that. If we say we don't recommend something, we can go one step further and we can dip a cartoon. Yes, the dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We can dunk this cartoon and we can get rid of the entire Butler family. Greg, but probably included. only Greg. Yeah. Probably only Greg. Solo dip, Greg. Yeah, gosh. Keep we need Katie. to come up with. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> rest in peace, Dave. <laughs> so um, we can dip this cartoon and erase it, and then we will just. Uh, make fun of this cartoon, but in terms of our eyes and for the the purposes of the show, we are going to erase it from the annals of our cartoon history. But that's where we're going. Valley of the Dinosaurs. Dave, what's your recommendation, buddy? I think I'm going to go with a soft recommend. Okay. Which, it's tough. I'm a little on the fence with this one, but I think it's just because I really do like adventure stories. Yeah. And we don't have nearly enough of them these days. Now, granted, this was back in 1974, but if you're looking for that kind of story, this is a good one to go back and watch, especially if you like cartoons. If you're looking to complete your Hanna-Barbera collection, your dinosaur cartoon collection, this is one that you can knock both of those out at the same time. Uh, If you are a fan of Land of the Lost, either the the 70s series, the 90s remake, or for some reason the 2009 movie that was terrible, uh, you can also go back and watch this because it's the same kind of premise just with a different cast and a different kind of conceit. So soft recommendation. You don't necessarily need to run and drop what you're doing and go check this one out. But if you're just looking for something a little different and uh, a family-focused adventure story, check out Valley of the Dinosaurs. It's not bad. Surprisingly not bad. But what do you think? I, you know, when you say surprisingly not bad, that's actually kind of how I'm approaching this. I am so surprised that this is not worse. Yeah, could have been and real bad. Could have been real bad. Uh, 74 sometimes, not a great year in terms of uh, just how we kind of address certain uh, family dynamics and genders uh, within the, the nuclear family structure. Yeah. I think this cartoon was actually very successful in terms of some of the things that it was talking about. You know, we get very interesting characters, interesting setting. Obviously, I have watched a lot of Land of the Lost, but probably from the the 80s and 90s live action that they had with Slee Stacks and everything like that. And so for me, this obviously felt very familiar. I loved kind of having uh, this cartoon animated version. And I think there's probably a lot of things, if you were to continue to watch Valley of the Dinosaurs, that they could do in an animated series that would make it very hard to be able to accomplish and do in a live action version. So I love the idea and the potential and possibility of kind of really having a lot of fun with the world. You know, just in terms of animation, I love Thunder the Barbarian, yeah. and I love, like, the old Johnny Quest stuff. So this, just in terms of visual appeal, kind of just sucked me in right away. Yeah. But 
We've been crapping on him all episode. Greg, I <laughs> hate this dude. Greg almost I earned a dip. I hate this guy. Yeah. And I, but I, I want to watch to see if Greg actually ever has comeuppance or learns a lesson or just like rest in peace, Greg. Like, I just, <laughs> I kind of want to know, like, if they actually go in any type of a direction for this. And, you know, it's bonkers to think that this is only 16 episodes. Yeah, that's it. It was one season, 16 episodes of like a couple of months and it was done. Right. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious to actually like hunker down and like watch the other 15 episodes. Sure, they this might, like a, you know, it's WB, so they might have direct to DVD order that you can do. Hmm. You can just pick up probably for like 12 bucks. They'll just do a print on demand order of Valley of yeah. the Dinosaurs. They'll dust off that old uh, uh, parent copy of it and just record you a disc and send yeah. it your way. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised how much I enjoyed this yeah. cartoon and not just simply because there were dinosaurs that were in here. Right. And we've obviously Which sometimes about, is enough. That's all you really need. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's plenty, you know, and it's more than I need, but just kind of surprised that, like, dinosaurs weren't necessarily the big selling point for this Valley of the Dinosaurs cartoon. Right. Uh, there was a lot of other things here that I thought were, were worthwhile in terms of watching. And so it gets a recommend for me. Nice. Very cool. Two recommendations, yeah. no dips. Despite <clears throat> Greg being a real ass. Oh, my God. What a jerk. Speaking of people who are 100% not jerks. That's segue magic. I love it. I love it. You heard our friend on this episode, Bobby Anthem. You can hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, along with his co-host, Bobby Blades. You can check them out on Twitter, at IEXP underscore podcast. And Bobby has a solo show that's inside of the stream for Inhuman Experience. It's called In Search of My Lost Soul. Please check it out. Bobby is a true gem and beautiful human being. That show is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere that you find podcasts. So please support them. Check it out. Dave, what do you got going on, buddy? Same old stuff, bud. Uh, every day of the week, you can find me over at Collider.com. You can also check me out on Twitter at DrClawMD. And if you're the reading sort, you can pick up my book, The Science of Breaking Bad, available wherever books are sold. How about you, bud? Oh, man. Uh, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with dc.org, although I don't think any shows are going to be going on Probably for a while. Probably for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they've been they've been actually been canceled. I got an email today. Yeah. <laughs> they've been canceled for like the next two or three weeks. So, so stay home and listen to our entire catalog of Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> that should keep you busy into the summer. Yeah, right. Uh, you can also always find me on Twitter and Instagram, at uh, Sean Paul Ellis. And if you're interested, I have a comedy podcast that's out right now. It's called The Bureau which is, if you're familiar with the Earwolf podcast, Teacher's Lounge, it's the same concept, but it's for people who are in a break room or a skiff lounge uh, inside of the FBI. Yes, the J. Edgar Hoover building. And I play uh, somebody who is dealing with health and human resources. So I have a blast on that completely improvised podcast. You can check out the Bureau anywhere that you download podcasts. But... Speaking of podcasts, speaking of this very podcast, want to support us? Oh my gosh, you're like the nicest human being in the world. I needed that compliment today, so thank you. You can check us out on Patreon. Go on Patreon, search Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, Morning with You. You can support our content. You can also just tell a friend, because you know what? I understand how telling a friend works, unlike Apple iTunes. Mm. You can also go on Apple iTunes and recommend us and give us a star or a rating over there. I don't know how that works, though. I think it benefits this show. We're, what, like six years in? We're still figuring it out. We'll figure We're doing out. great. Yeah. Eventually. It's good. As always, you can slide into our DMs on Twitter 
at Morning Tunes. Remember, that's Morning with a U. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook, Saturday Morning Cartoons, and you can drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all these links and more in the link tree, which is in the bio for all of our social media sites. And as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Man, that is going to do it for Valley of the Dinosaurs, Dave. We are out the valley, out the other yeah. side. I almost want there to be, like, if we could just go out with like the sound effects for a pterodactyl. Cause I the know same one that they use over and over and over <laughs> again in every Hanna-Barbera cartoon? Just like, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, just nonstop. Perfect. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. I'm 100% going to loop that at the end of the show. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. Ah!